Hi, welcome to another inspiring episode of Spirituality with a Twist, the podcast where we explore the fascinating intersection of spirituality and personal growth. Our guest today is Kyle Lynch, an artist and spiritual practitioner who has spent years exploring the connection between creativity and spirituality. With a background in fine arts, Kyle brings a unique perspective to the world of spirituality, using his creative talents to inspire and uplift others on their spiritual journey. Whether through painting, music, or any artistic medium, he believes that creativity can be a powerful tool for deepening our understanding of ourselves and the world around us. In this episode, Kyle shares his personal journey of growth and discovery, discussing how he integrates meditation, mindfulness, and other spiritual practices into his creative process. He also talks about the powers of symbol and archetypes in art and how they can help us connect with our deeper aspects of ourselves and our spirituality. So get ready to be moved by his unique perspective on spirituality and creativity because this is spirituality with a twist. So Kyle, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Mitalish. This is awesome. I'm so grateful for you to create this space and have awesome conversations with you. So, so I'm, I'm happy I'm here. Thank you. So Kyle, our listeners are already aware of what you do and about your experiences. And I think they would like to know more. And also, I'm pretty interested about knowing your story from your own perspective, like how did it all started? So can you tell us about more about your childhood? And what pushed you into spirituality and into your first out-of-body experience and how it changed your perspective on life? Yeah, um, I'll try to be succinct with this um, because like our stories, like that's what they are, they're stories in a way, but they do kind of bring us to where we are in life and with how we view life and how we are internally. Um, so I grew up and I still am living in suburbia of Long Island middle-class family. Um, my dad was an ice cream man. My mom was a secretary. And I was, I don't know what a normal life is, like what is a normal life, but I considered my life normal. Just um, played a lot of sports growing up. I guess my life, I started to really question... I, so the biggest thing that happened in my life was when I was nine years old, my father committed suicide. Um, that's when I started to not feel normal. Um, and before that happening, like my father was very abusive to my mother. I kind of stop him from, from beating her. So it's like that nervous energy lives within me still a little bit where I'm trying to like release it. So just like that experience of like being a nine-year-old and trying to like, like getting really like upset and like releasing so much energy to try and get my father to stop being my mom and like banging on the bedroom door, like screaming. Um, and then after that happened, it was maybe like a few months later, my father killed himself. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange, oh, strange isn't the right word, but. It was 
relieving in a way where it's like, I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Like I didn't have to be scared of him anymore. Same time as a child, it is like, man, now what? That's like, now I don't have a father. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people, my family stepped in my uncles, like things just kind of worked out. Um, but it was still tough. And I feel like this, this experience, like it distracted me. It definitely distracted me. Um, I started doing very poorly in school. I don't know if maybe I felt like I was less than everyone else. Like there was something wrong with me now that I didn't have a father. So I was, I felt like I wasn't capable of doing like other things that everyone else was doing, like doing well in school, doing well in sports, just like having that confidence and that, and like having someone help me like direct me. I kind of felt like I was, I was on my own in a way. Um, lost. Yeah. Lost, very lost. Um, and I just like kind of pushed that away. Like I used humor. I'm like, everything's all good. It's like, well, I'm still here. Like, <laughs> it's like, all right, that happened. Now I just got to move on. Don't know how to deal with it. Being a nine-year-old, don't know how to grieve. Um, family dynamics were super just like uncomfortable. It's like my dad's side of the family. Like they're all, like most of them were alcoholics. A lot of them doing prescription drugs. A lot of them, a couple of my other uncles had accidental suicides. And so even as a nine-year-old, I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to be a part of that family anymore. So I completely pushed my father's side of the family away. Um, very close with my mom. I was huge mama's boy, huge mama's boy. Um, she remarried. Um, but at the same time, she was going through her own stuff of her multiple sclerosis, which is a degenerative disease. Um, yeah, it's tough for me to talk about this stuff. <laughs> We're like reliving it. It's like I start to feel it again and emotions start to come up. But um, she passed away maybe like four, four years ago. Like that was tough. Yeah. Where it's like she was my world. Like I did everything I could for her. In 2019. Yes. In 2019. Mm-hmm. And like I'm, my world revolved around making sure I could do everything I could for her. And at the same time showing her like, oh, I'm doing okay. Like everything that's happened in my life, like you did a great job, mom. Like my life's awesome. I'm happy. And without knowing it, I feel like I just like pushed like so much stuff that I didn't even know how to deal with. Like I just pushed it away. And like, I didn't even know what that meant at the time. Um, so yeah, my life revolved around taking care of her and helping, helping her in any way possible, uh, any way ho- uh, possible. At the same time, um, I was trying to like live my life and trying to find direction. Um, so it's like, Going to school, I went to school for uh, audio recording. Um, just as like, I felt like I had to do something. Like I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But like, oh, I like music. I'm just going to jump into this. Society wants me to, to get a degree and do something. So I felt like that was like distractions in my life in a way. Um, so I did that. 
I ended up working at a couple of post-production companies, working in the audio industry. But then I just like started just like go back to like wondering about life more, like wondering about like deeper questions of like, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And that's in my early 30s is when I had um, a deep existential crisis where I started to ask myself, like, who am I? Like, what does it even mean to exist? And I broke it down in a very logical way where I'm like, all right, my name's Kyle. That's not true. I mean, it is, but it isn't. It's just like, it's a layer of clothing. Like I take off my shirt, like I still exist. So I'm not my shirt. Take away my name. I still exist. So it's like, all right, I'm not Kyle. Like I, I lose my arm. All right. So I'm not, and, but I still exist. All right. So I'm not my arm. And I started to like break all this down in a very methodical way. At the same time, it's like, I was crying for like weeks on end, just like com feeling completely lost, like you said. Um, so I've, I feel like that feeling of lost kind of stayed with me for a really long time in my life until I started to like want direction. I wanted to have a direction for myself and to know myself more. And I feel like asking that question and having an emotional release where I was like crying for weeks on end, I released so much energy. And as I was asking all these questions about life, that's when I had my first out of body experience. And so it's like, all right. Well, then this was in which year? My outer body experiences, I'm terrible with math, but I'm 40 now. So my outer body experience happened in my early 30s. Um, yep. And so it's like the universe gave me an answer, but like, all right, here, here's another part of you. It's like, we're trying, I'm trying to figure out who I am. And it's like, oh, well, here, you're more than all this stuff like you're worried about, like all these kind of roles that we play in society, all these titles that we have. I mean, outer body experience like showed me and it's like, all right, there is more to life. Where it's like, I feel like I was really trying to wonder like, what else is there? It's like growing up in middle-class white suburbia. It's just like, no one in my life like was questioning like having bigger questions no one my rather than the materialistic yeah. thing yeah, it's like, always, like chasing just really nothing like who am i you're just chasing all the normal norms social norms like doing uh, school colleges getting a degree marrying and everything but no one is questioning about themselves living a really simple if i have to say life in, in a sense yeah yeah 100 percent. where it's like no one in my family and I mean, I don't want to speak for everyone in my family because I don't know how everyone is internally, but from how I experienced it, there was like no roots. And I don't know if that's because I'm European American, where it's like, <laughs> I'm very detached from my German and Irish roots. So it's like, maybe there's that in there that I'm not even aware of. Um, but yeah, there's not too much culture on Long Island. So just like, and I just, I, I felt like, I guess my inner being wanted more or wanted a deeper understanding of life. So 
So you were like meditating a lot during that time, which mm. if I'm correct, and then it happened with you, your first out-of-body experience during your t- early 30s, which you mentioned. So can you tell us about that experience? And uh, when you were meditating, what was your purpose in your mind that like like some people have that they, I want to achieve a deeper sense of awareness or some people want to for chakras or something like you know, just going beyond maybe enlightenment, something they they have in their mind when they're trying to do this practice. Most of the people do it for calmness, being in the present awareness, which is a good uh, goal, I think, too. That's what meditation is for. But what was in your mind? And when this happened, can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, I mean, this is when I first started to learn about meditation because once I was trying to figure out who I was, it's like, well, I'll start with the brain. Let's start reading about the brain. And I was all into metaphysical stuff. So I'm like, I'm trying to learn like the science of the brain while also trying to learn like spirituality and metaphysics. And so just reading about meditation, it was very new to me. So I didn't have like a strong intention other than like, I'm exploring like who I am. And it's like, here are some of these tools to kind of to help with that. And I don't remember exactly where I read it, but I read that if you meditate while you're dreaming then you'll have like a profound experience so like again i didn't have any intention other than trying to figure out who i was and trying to have like deeper experiences um but that that stuck with me of meditating while dreaming like oh that's interesting like what's going to happen i don't know so my outer body experience and this all happened while having the existential crisis and just like crying all the time um I was in the hypnagogic state where I was half asleep and half awake, but I was fully aware that I was in the hypnagogic state. And at the time, like I felt this energetic presence on me. It felt like almost demonic in a way. Um, Later did I find out it was like a succubus and it was like sucking energy out of me. And it was like weird where it's like, I was afraid of it but i felt like very calm at the same time and i had the awareness that i have like right now where it's like all right i know like my name is kyle like we're having this interview just like full awareness and in that moment i decided like that of what i read about meditating while dreaming that popped into my head during experiencing the succubus sucking energy out of me and i'm like how about if I just meditate in this moment rather than reacting to this entity? And I didn't know 100% what meditation was other than relaxing, keeping my awareness there, not reacting to anything. So I decided just to be aware that I was in the hypnagogic state. I was aware of my awareness. And that's when I started to hear like loud wishing sounds I started to feel like heavy vibrations. It was like the whooshing sounds were like, and I could feel the vibrations and I could hear those too. It was like, and then I just like, like a, like a air coming to like an airflow really fast. Like in, when you, like an airplane when there was so much air coming and you could hear the sound of it, like, like I already mentioned. So, and it, 
how was the feeling that was it scaring you because you mentioned it for a moment it kind of scared you as well but in that moment you were meditating so what was going through your yeah, mind the, that time? the being that i've the that i felt near me it was that was scary but i don't know i guess with whatever i was going through at the time where just like listen my life is like falling apart right now so like this is like nothing this experience like i feel like i was able to kind of be aware of it and i was scared of, of it for like a moment but then like i was able to step out of the fear and just relax into the moment of like i'm in my bed i'm in this weird state where i don't feel like i'm dreaming i don't feel like i'm awake 100 like my body's not moving um, so I'm going to get into this relaxed state. So you were not afraid of it, like after that, that like whatever's going to happen, happen. I want to know this entity or this experience. I don't want to miss it. That was going, I think, in your mind that I want to experience this. Yes. Um, or I just wanted to almost detach from it in a way. Like I wanted to do, to detach from any fear that was coming up in that experience where it's like, all right, I'm not going to worry about this thing that is present in my energy field right now. I'm just going to focus on myself and focus on my awareness. And once I popped out of my body, I felt myself floating around the ceiling of my room. And again, I had the same awareness of like, all right, like I know I'm not in my body anymore. I know my body is in my bed. And it was, it's hard to describe the feeling of it because I'm like a little bit detached from it um, since a lot of time has passed, but it wasn't scary. It definitely wasn't scary at all. It was like intriguing. It's like, huh, this is interesting. And then once I was floating around the ceiling of my room, I heard a voice start to talk as like a very deep voice. And I don't know if it was like an evil voice or it was like a spirit guide or if it was my own voice, my own consciousness. Like I have no clue whatsoever. Um, but it started to talk to me. And when I started to hear it, I thought to myself, Mike, all right, I'm fully aware of this state that I'm in right now. And what came to my mind was, do I want to meditate while I'm in this state and see where that brings me? Or do I want to interact with this voice that I'm hearing? And I'm, I thought to myself, like, all right, like I've never gotten to this point with my consciousness, with my being. I'm just not going to go further. Like I'm, I'm going to ask this being like, who are you? So when I went to go ask the being, who are you? is when I start to, I start to feel my body, feel my consciousness or whatever energetic being that I was in the moment fall back into my body. While, while meditating? Um, well, when I was out of my body, I don't think I was meditating anymore. Maybe I was, I mean, I don't know. Um, but I heard the voice and so I decided to kind of interact with it. And I asked like, who are you? And what I believe happened was when I tried to interact with it, my mind, my consciousness associated speaking with my mouth where it's like, I, at that time, I don't know about like telepathy or anything, but 
when I asked it, who are you? It's like my mind automatically went to how we're talking right now. And I feel like that connected my consciousness back with my body. Um, so I felt myself drop back into my body. Like it was a slow drop back. And I drop back in. And then I was like fully awake. I wasn't in the hypnagogic state anymore. I was fully in the three-dimensional world. And like I got chills. And I'm like, I started to freak out. I'm like, what the heck was that? Like I turned on my lights. I ran to the bathroom. Like I just looked in the mirror, looked in my eyes. I'm like, what was that? And it wasn't until the next day where I started to do some research of the symptoms that I had of the hearing the wishing sound, feeling the vibration that um, I found out it was astral projection. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this stuff is real. And that changed how I viewed reality and what is possible. Something of beyond. But, you know, when we hear the way that you explain it, you know, I think a lot of people might have this in mind that, you know, people are really skeptical. They might call it some kind of a hallucination or some kind of a, you know, because people ask for evidence most of the time. But I think some, some experiences are beyond describable, you know, for you, even if it's hard to describe these kind of things. It's easier to say it like in way, but I know how it could feel. But even though, as, as you are from a logical background, and if our listeners are not aware, you have a really good education background, so you know, mm -hmm. you know, you're not some kind of a kid, like, you know, doesn't know, it's not like, yeah, whatever comes to you, I'm going to just say out of blunt. You had that experience yourself, so you know it was not hallucination. But still, as having a logical, uh, scientific, like, all education, what you have, and uh, at that age which you had that experience, you know, what was in your mind that time when you felt that the yeah, astral projection is real, something that is beyond? And you mentioned about lucid dreaming as well, that how it uh, helps you to connect with this. So what would you say about that? That How can this be real rather than a hallucination or some kind of a traumatic, because you had a traumatic past or childhood that could not be a result of that? Some people might have this question who are listening to us right now. Yeah, and I don't feel like it's like I have to convince anyone that's what's so great talking about it. Um, like I know it's true for me and I feel like that's a huge part of life of people finding out the truths for themselves. Yeah. Um, so if people are questioning it, then I believe then what will be present in their external reality is that it's not true. Cause so I feel like anything is possible as it's like, we have to just like believe it internally. So if we doubt it or we don't have any interest in it, then it's not going to be present in our reality, um, which is fine. And I feel like it happened to me because I was opening myself up to it with having to the existence that I am to, to the experience where it's like, I was questioned where it's like, like, what the heck is reality? Who am I? All this stuff. And at the same time, I was open myself up energetically, like emotionally and just like, releasing so much stuff um and going back to kind of wondering if something is true and it's like what part of us wants to know like like i just think it's our mind wants to know certain things so it's like even though this is an outer body experience it was embodied for me in a way because 
I like, I guess my consciousness experienced it. Like, I don't know if my consciousness is like this little dot, like if it's my spirit or if it's like this whole energy body that like the experience stays within my energy body. And then like, I bring it into my physical body. It's like, I don't know. So it's like, I feel like me saying like, I don't know certain things. It's like, I feel like that's helpful for your listeners in a way where I just like, all right, he's not saying he knows everything. Like, I don't believe I know everything. Like, how could I? And I feel like that's our minds trying to figure out like our reality. I think, I think with all the stories that we tell on our podcast and a lot of people come with their own story, which can be sometimes unique, sometimes unbelievable as well, you know, like this cannot be true. And I think sometimes it doesn't cross my mind like this, but you know, I think it's all about that. Everyone has their own experiences and a person should question it. Yeah. I mean, if a person who's listening to us is not questioning and believing everything you say, oh, because he believes in it, then yes. If you do not believe it, or surely question it. And I think it's really important to question an inquiry because I think today people have stopped doing that. You know, that's why they have become like what they are living like robots. You know, they have to start questioning these realities. Unless people would live like, you know, when you mentioned about your family, like everyone's just living a plain life. There is no dance, like a divine dance. You start to question though. So you could have such a profound experience in that. And it's not about if it's true or not, you know, it's just that at least with this experience, people will start to get curious. Oh, maybe, maybe this maybe is a big thing because at least it starts the curiosity in our consciousness that something is there. And you mentioned after this, you know, when you got to know this, 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 this is real. This, uh, <laughs> so did you start to, what, what happened after this? Like, did you start to go somewhere to people or maybe um, read more? What, what, what was after the reaction of it? Like you mentioned waking up the next day, you started doing research. But what was after that, uh, like how your life affected with this experience? What was, how did you view, viewed life after that? Well, it gave me more of a foundation and direction and excitement for life where it's like this new experience happened to me and now... It's like I could explore it further in a way that I felt confident exploring it because I had this experience that I can embody. Like I know the experience happened for me and it was exciting and different and it released a lot of fear. Um, so it's like I had fear of trying to figure out how am I going to fit in our society? Like how am I going to like have a job that like is stable Um and what is that career that I want for myself? And can I afford it? Um, and well, I mean, afforded it, meaning going back to school, um, because I knew I didn't want to do the audio stuff anymore. But I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. But I want to be able to kind of support myself financially in a pra practical way in our society. And a part of me believes like, well, I have to have a degree to like support myself and do all this stuff. But now that I had this experience, I'm like, how do I incorporate this new passion and understanding into my life and into the society where I grew up in and try to kind of still fit in? So I have like one foot in like the old way of seeing, well, I don't want to say the old way, um, but just like what I grew up in. It's like get a job, like have family, have a house and everything. But then my other foot's in this spiritual realm. It's like, this stuff is wild. Like, I just want to continue to explore this. 
So I'm, I'm wondering how I could bring that together. And a friend of a friend who I ended up speaking with, who was a mental health counselor, we got all like super deep into this stuff. And she started to talk about her out of body experiences. And like, I, it just like clicked with me. It's like, Ooh, maybe like this is a field that would be good for me. It's like, cause she's into this same stuff. She's had these experiences and she's in this respected field. I'm like, it seems like a good compromise. I'm like, right. Going back to school to get my bachelor's, get my master's, whatever. I put myself in more financial debt by taking out student loans. Like I didn't have that fear anymore because I knew I was more than my body where it's like, there's more to life than what we're experiencing on this physical dimension. So it's like, I felt like I was able to take more risks. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned that about lucid dreaming, and I think a lot of people are interested in this concept. Even me, I think I'm pretty interested in this concept. Often, I think I have heard a lot of spiritualist gurus criticizing dreams, not lucid dreaming, I mean, uh, the essence of dreams, because they feel that in sleep, we should be in a deep state of meditation, like in a deep blank state. And people who are dreaming are actually not resting and not in a way taking their, so they're wasting their energy in a self. But it doesn't, again, I'm, I'm talking about the dreams, not lucid dreaming. There are many kinds of dreams as you're aware of that. But even I think lucid dreaming takes away a lot of energy because your mind is still working. Dreams don't come out of consciousness. It, it's come from coming from the mind. And they criticize it a lot. But I want to know that, uh, you know, can you tell us how did you got into lucid dreaming and how can one start lucid dreaming? And can you discuss your experiences with lucid dreaming and how it relates with your beliefs? Hmm. So, I mean, I think as children, we have more lucid dreams um i mean i can't speak for my child self of all my experiences because i just don't remember but i know just like that realm just felt more connected to it um but as we get older like we we get a little disconnected from it because we gotta gotta live in this world and have responsibilities so it's like we gotta stay focused on that stuff lucid dreaming i think i got so I feel like I've always been into it in a way, but when I had my outer body experience, I feel like my awareness was just in a different state. Um, not to say it was like better or worse. It was just in a different state where it's like, I felt more detached from what was going on in my physical reality. And I just became more aware of my dreams. Like I remembered more of my dreams. Um, so lucid dreaming, being aware that I'm in a dream. So just like, it's like turning on a switch. Like, it's like, oh, I'm dreaming. So it's like, all right, now what? What do we do with the dreams? And again, it's like, I don't know, this is like a a, a strange realm for me too, but I love to explore it. Um, and I actually just heard, uh, I can't quote anyone, but it just popped up to, in my reality of, like what dreams are, like if we want to manifest something in our physical world, it has to happen like in the dream world first. And the person started getting into like quantum physics and like, I'm interested in that stuff, but it's way above my <laughs> intellect. Um, 
but it made sense just like things have to happen on an energetic level before it could happen on a physical level. Um, Cause I mean, it's all interconnected and looking at things that happen in my dreams, whether it's just like a situation where I have to like have confidence and respond, whether it's like someone's like being attacked and I have to stop them. It's like, how do I present myself in the dream? It's like, if I can get myself to be the way that I want to be in the physical world, in my dreams, then it'll manifest in the physical realm. So, you know, a lot of people connect uh, dreams with like, uh, uh, like the lucid dreaming with astral projection as well. Like it, they say that it's interconnected. Like if you're lucid dreaming, you can go to the state of astral projection. And I've heard a lot of people that I, I know of, of a couple of them I would not like to name publicly on the show, but uh, I've uh, known that people that they uh, go to this astral projection or state of lucid dreaming while they're sleeping or, you know, sometimes even while sitting. But most of the time, it's like when they're lying down, you know, and it's not like, uh, do I consider lucid dreaming or astral projection true or not? That's the personal belief of a person if you like uh, trust this or not but it's more of that this this excites me that what is this because it could inspire you really creatively like I, I i forgot the name of a singer she was telling that i got this song's lyrics in a dream and then i remember that dream very well and i think lucid dreaming helps you to become more creative that's what i have heard that it makes you go creative and that's a lot of people are so interested in this subject and uh, with that, I think, as you mentioned, that you thought that these dreams could manifest in your real life. And tell me about the experience, like, if you can, like, one of the dreams that really, you know, a loose dream that really, you know, you, you loved and enjoyed and cherished in a way that, you know, that it happened not, it doesn't matter, but you really liked it. Hmm. This is tough. I'd have to get into my dream journal. Um <laughs> <laughs> You do have one really oh, a yeah. dream journal. Oh yeah. Um I can't think of anything specific um that stands out. Um, but like something that you just brought up, like people using dreams for creativity. Last night I had a dream of a blank canvas. Like this this blank canvas, like it was this big rectangle canvas. It's like just that like i remember that from my dream i don't remember a lot but now i'm gonna buy a blank canvas it's like so and we'll see what comes from that i mean that's that's not like deep whatsoever but it's like it can be and also uh if uh, i don't know if you have that book that i really wanted to do show the audience you know you remember when we had a pre-introduction call for when we, so we did the recording you showed me before you contacted me you were reading a book and uh, you found that there was a word. Did you have? Did you have that book? There was that word. Like, remember? Um, so many books. Um, on lucid dreaming. Yes, it was like uh, where there was written a twist with a twist uh, with the uh, chapter or something. It was written, and you showed uh, me on uh, the the call. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a it was a coincidence or a synchronicity. Oh, I can't remember it, but synchronicities happen to me all the time. And yeah, I mean, I just think like everything's interconnected. All right. That cliche, everything's one, everything's interconnected. 
Um, so our inner being is connected with everything external. Um, oh, the, the book was Wild Yoga. Yeah, I think. Wild Yoga. And I forget what our conversation was, but we were connecting on a topic and that topic or, I'm sorry, I don't remember, but it's just like, the chapter that I was reading will like align perfectly with whatever we're talking about or the name of your show. Yeah. It was the name of my show and the twist. Yeah. So you're a pretty creative person. You know, you, you have, if our listeners are aware that you, you're also a painter, so you paint and you have a really creative mind. So can you tell us about some of your abstract paintings and how they reflect your spiritual journey? So like many people, I started painting when COVID hit. <laughs> the, when COVID hit, I started painting. And yeah, abstract painting is pretty magical. Um, where it's like, because I can't draw for the life of me. Like if I'm sure if I put my mind to it and I try to learn all the skills, like I could paint figures and everything. But there's a part of me that I guess just wants to do abstract and just like not have structure and let things come out. But at the same time, I just like figures do come out when, when I do abstract and this blows my mind. Like, <laughs> um, there's one, I started to get into like space paintings, just like doing acrylic pores, very abstract, just having the intention that I wanted to create like very space, base looking paintings very galaxy looking paintings and having that intention and i started to create a bunch and then this one i created i'm telling you dude there's like this alien that i channeled or something <laughs> where like these eyeballs pop out where it's like i don't know how to paint eyeballs but it's like these eyeballs were just like right in your mind you were like I, I it was coming like a, some kind of a imagination that I you know something like this like a channel which you, you mean like uh, there was an inner like oh I you just imagine it and then you like try to put it onto the painting. I didn't even try to do. I was just trying to do like a galaxy thing, and then all of a sudden, what this came alien it was this like little alien that I channeled, and it's like these eyeballs, and I'm just like. Dude, that's totally some like some alien that I channeled. When you look into its eyes, it's like I feel like you could feel its emotions. And it's like the emotions like are like how I felt too. And I don't know if that's how I'm perceiving it, but yeah, people go to my website and check I think it's on there. Um where the, the alien eyeballs just pop up. And um so, so like the magic of that. So just like allowing ourselves just like to do something new and it's like magical things happen. So, you know, we were on the topic of astral projection. I think that's also a really interesting topic with lucid dreaming. I mean, at least lucid dreaming is something that people could easily get into in a way if they try, but astral projection is a harder thing to imagine and, you know, get into. And sometimes it's, is it even worthy to get into? That's also a big question mark compared to, uh, what do you call loose dreaming, which could at least spark your creativity, but astral projection is such a deep 
microphone experience could be scary for some people too. You know, I I I think so. not everyone has a bliss, blissful experience with astral projection, in my opinion. So people sometimes unknowingly I think try to do stupid stuff just for being cool I, I think sometimes and they get stuck in some kind of this loop of different kind of information that is dangerous to them that uh, you know it just uh, changes them to something really bad you know what I'm trying to say they could know because I think as you go deeper into these these stuff you know these topics it can it could make you either a better person or either a really egoistic person like a one thought person the way I agree to this ideology of philosophy only and if someone comes to fight you off you're going to do everything to save that uh, philosophy you know like but a wise person will not do that you know wise person would be open to everything that's what I think but on to the astral projection can you explain the concept a bit because you had done a little bit more research than I could have right now but can you explain the concept of astral projection and and its relationship to spirituality as a whole hmm um, so the way I look at it is just like different vibrational dimensions. And again, it's like, I don't have all the answers to this. Um, I've can only go off of my experiences and things that I've read. Um, I've had some experiences, but not enough where it's like, I'm in this astral realm and I'm doing all this research and this is what it's like. And so like, I believe that when we're I mean, ultimately, like, I believe that we're just like out of our bodies when we're either dreaming or astral projection. Um, and I guess it's just like different levels of dimension where different things are going on. Different realities. Yeah, different realities. I mean, we could just look at our physical reality. Let's like, we know what's going on here. It's like, I'm holding this mug. Um, but at the same time, we're on the internet, like all this invisible information is kind of thrown around all over the place. And so just like, what's happening in, in that reality? It's like, what does that look like? Um, Something like, uh, you know, I feel the Matrix movie, if you know, like, yeah, it kind of, it kind of, it kind of, uh, the concept itself, it seems really a fantasy. But if you really look into it, sometimes it could feel like illusion, you know, but you go deep into the, uh, like, spirituality, the world could feel like, like a mirror. Like, it's trying to reflect something, if I'm trying to say that right, and you know, and it's pretty strange as well. It's it's a funny. I, I, I sometimes like to call it funny too because I think it kind of makes you like you going out, you seeing people walking like this. You know, it's just funny sometimes. So I I like that. Like uh, you know, I uh, I just had a haircut, so I was I was uh, coming back home. Uh, you know, on a tuk tuk. If you're in Asia, it's like a auto auto rickshaw. It's a, that's called tuk tuk. So it's like a three wheeler kind of car in here. So I was sitting on there and and I was coming home. And uh, there was a guy sitting somewhere on like in a sh nearby shop and he was doing, uh, taking some, buying some snacks or something. And he was just staring at me. And when I was sitting in that tuk tuk and uh, I was looking at him, he streamed, he was looking at me like this and I was looking at them. And as the tuk tuk took off, I was, uh, I was still looking back at him like this and he was still staring at me and I was also staring until I could. So I was like, he was still like, it was funny, funny. And uh, I don't know, it was, it's why I can still remember his face. So, you know, it's it's funny and uh, a lot of guests also come to my podcast and they say like, you know, like a guest, I go to the park and every day I don't, this person comes up to me and say, you know, some strange person, you know, I know you, I have seen you, you know, they, they haven't met, they, but they, it's like a strange experience. And I think it's like maybe past life they met or something, maybe some kind of energy, like 
Why do you feel like, you know, you meet this person, you feel like, oh, I've known this person, but you don't. But you feel like, oh, yes, I think, you know, you feel a, a, a security, a safety around him or around her. And I think that's that's a, some kind of a good experience, I think. I don't know. That's, this is, it's really strange. So it cannot be described a lot. But, you know, with that, there's a lot of scientific concepts. If you combine them with spirituality, it could really broaden it. I think a lot of the scientists today in Japan, uh, Jap uh, Japan and in America are trying to research about dreams and how they affect our mind, you know, in the sleep cycle. And I've heard that they are doing it from the 70s and a lot of research has come out. So how do you balance the scientific approach to spirituality with more... Uh, intuitive of uh, or mystical practices that maybe you do um i guess i don't know if i try to to blend them except when i'm trying to like explain it i feel like in order to have these conversations it's like our we gotta talk about it and it's like be able to uh, like express what it is and how things work because like our, our our minds are just like your pe people that are listening it's like they're not experiencing lucid dream and our astral projection while listening to this conversation. Um, so the benefits like have these experiences and going back to what you were saying before is like, sometimes you just like connect with someone where you feel comfortable around them. It's like, what is that? And it just, it's like a feeling. And so it's like, it's, it seems like there's like that invisible information again, where it's like, we don't need to know it. It is like we feel it. And going back to what you asked him before, it's like, how is the astral projection and lucid dreaming connected to spirituality? I feel like, or I believe, I feel like we got to start to recognize when we're saying like, oh, I feel or I believe. I believe it's, we start to recognize, once we start to connect with ourselves and our internal being more, and we're in touch with what's going on for us internally, then we kind of have a better understanding of how the external stuff is actually connected with that internal stuff. And then we could get like curious about it. Like we want to bring into the scientific stuff of just like, all right, quantum physics, you have like two particles or take one particle, separate it. And there they appear to be separate, but like you affect this one and it affects this one the same way. So it's like, I feel like scientifically, that's the, the physicist's job. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to try and get into that. It's like, that's a lot of mental work. It's, um, but just the idea that it's like, it's all interconnected. And if we feel good around an experience, a, a place in the world, people, it's like, all right, feel into that. Have that experience and in interaction. I think it's it's not like, about love it's the what matters is that you are loving you know it's not like who are you loving but it's you are loving to everyone it's not like oh i'm loving this person no you're loving everyone so the matter is that you are loving you're not unloving you know and also i heard that you do a lot of that i was reading about you do a lot of other projects as well which is connected to spirituality and i was reading about it so can you tell us a little bit about your portal key cards and shadow lure series and how they relate to spirituality please yeah so once i started to get out of my kind of negative self-talk 
of like, oh, who am I to like create all this stuff? Um, who am I to be creative and put it out there and say this would be useful for people? I just decided just that ideas that came to me, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to create it. And so the portal key cards was an idea initially um, just to like, just to create something. Like I started to get into like learning about affirmations and meditations and it's like all this metaphysical stuff. And it's like, all right, you know what? I want to be a part of this. I want to create something. Um, I want to help people like manifest. So at the same time I was going to school for psychology and I'm trying to like combine all this stuff together. So I'm like, learning about like the, the idea of the shadow parts of ourselves, like the unconscious stuff that's within us that we're not even aware of. And I'm like, Oh, that's a cool idea. And like, when I hear like shadow self, like, I, I think it's kind of cool. Cause like, I'm into like metal music and like hardcore music. So it's like, I don't know. I think of like evil stuff and I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like I think of skulls and I started to think of like, deep sea creatures and just like all these like monsters i'm like oh like how can i combine this stuff into a product so the idea was that there are things in our life or say we want to manifest something in our life but it's just not happening so my thought was all right maybe there's like shadow energy that we have to bring up and release in order for a new reality to be present in our life and so an example is you're trying to attract a new romantic partner but it's like you have so much jealousy living within you that it's difficult to so with the product which incorporates guided meditations and instructions on how to do this. Once you start doing the meditations, the meditations and writing the affirmations, um, guided meditations, your external reality is going to show you more experiences of your jealousy that your jealousy is going to get brought up more. So it's like, you're going to see, people who are in relationships, which is going to bring up your jealousy, but then now you're going to be aware of it. And it's going to be released energetically, which is going to create space for your partner to come in. But why did you like made it up? But you mentioned that, you know, you, you wanted to, but was it like for the financial gain of it? Or was it like, Oh, I really want to like, what was the reason? Because I think uh, you, some, Sometimes it's just a financial thing that I know this so I don't I can, you know, do this because I have experience of it. But sometimes it could be some other goal. So what was in your mind when you were like, you know, sell this out, like sell this, you know, what was in your mind? Just to create um, for personal growth where saying like, oh, I want to create something and now I'm going to just do it. So it's like it was more about the creating of a an idea that I got excited about. And wherever it goes, it goes. And but like following through with it, but creating it with integrity. Because I didn't want to just like create this product and say, "Oh, this is what it does." Blah blah blah. Like, like I wanted to embody the experience. So it's like I created these meditations, and I did them all myself. And I feel like, or I know, it brought a new awareness within me 
about how everything's interconnected, how my internal world is connected with the external world. And that can be heavy at times. Because if there are things in our external world that we're like, we don't, like we say we don't like, like, or we have like things like that trigger us that are external. It's like, oh, all right, well, that's an external thing, but it's making me feel a certain way. So there's something inside of me that I need to release. So ultimately the practice about connecting with oneself internally and recognizing how that reflects externally. You know, you, I think philosophy also, I think is a big part of spirituality. I think that the, you know, I, whenever I think about spirituality, it, it, even if you do not connect with it to spirituality, it's a big part of life because it could inspire you. It could shape you. It could take you ahead in life. Uh, philosophy is a big thing. How do you, you know, see the intersection of spirituality and philosophy in your life? How did it affect you as a person with so much trauma, then having these experiences and, you know, living a, I would not call it a really <laughs> that kind of life, but like a normal life as well, like you know, having <laughs> a, like relationship, like doing a job or whatnot. So how did that philosophy of it and aspect and spirituality, how do you balance it? What do you think about philosophy? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is philosophy is just mental where it's like, yeah, yeah, it's all just like up here and it could just like, it just, it stays up here. And I feel like, or I believe spirituality, I mean, I don't have like a complete hold on what spirituality is other than like, maybe it's, where it's like my mind says it's recognizing that we're all connected. That's like, that's the mental component of spirituality for me. Then I feel like there's a heart part of spirituality, which again, it's like the mind's connected to the heart. So it's like, all right, the mind's connected to everything. So it's like, how can we separate philosophy and spirituality um, when everything's connected? And that could just be a thought, but then spirituality, it's like, we have a heart. So it's like, maybe it's like opening our hearts more. And it's like, what does that even mean to open up our hearts? And maybe that's like a new way of connecting with everything that is already connected. It's allowing ourselves to have a different relationship with ourselves and with everything else that is perceived as external. It was like, it was like the, the switch was there of the microphone. But now you finally know how to turn it on. Or maybe you finally know about the switch itself. You didn't even know that the switch exists. You all were looking over. I can turn this volume down of this craziness. But now you finally found the switch. And as you mentioned, philosophy is right up there, you know. But what we have to do is to, from there, we have to take it in our heart, you know, to be that. And I think I've seen so many people talk about so many great stuff philosophically and spiritually. But the funny thing is that they, they, they don't do it themselves. But they speak all day about how good it is, how beneficial it is, but they don't do it themselves. And also I've seen people promoting really wrong stuff. Like in a way, it's not wrong. The stuff is right. But the way they are doing it and the way they are talking about it, that, oh, anyone can do this. You know, it's not, it's like anyone can do this. That's true. But at a certain stage, you know, at a certain stage. Yeah, so any anyone can do it, uh, like anyone, everyone can do it, but at a certain stage, not at a like stage one that you can just tell them to do this. It's not possible, but they claim that you can do it. That's impossible. 
And that's why I do agree with a lot of that things. But, you know, being, as you mentioned uh, about uh, your family, but how do you got away from them? Then, you know, you got on this journey and also your mother is you know, their father already committed suicide such a long time ago. Right now, or even during that time of that chaos and right now, how has your whatever left family is like from your uncle's side or whatever, how and even that time, how has your family and friends' friends reacted to your journey and exploration of spirituality and metaphysics? Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a tough question to answer. Um, but it's a good question. I believe that however I perceive my family, like however I perceive how my family would react to like this metaphysics and spirituality, I feel like that's going to affect my external reality and my relationship with them where it's like, and if I feel comfortable with it, with myself, like I always try to bring it back to myself. So it's like, we have all these external relationships. And so for me, it's, it's hard to communicate with them because I feel like I, like I'm a different version of myself and I, and I feel like I'm supposed to be how they perceive me. Otherwise it's like the relationships are uncomfortable. It's like, I have an older brother and it's, yeah, relationships are, are, are interesting, but I try to um, just be myself as much as I can. I talk a little bit about my experiences. I mean, I, I and I also have my stepfather who's still around that I, I have a relationship with. So it's like, I talk to him about like dreams and stuff. And he tells me about dreams that he has about my mother. And it's like, it's cool to connect with him on that stuff. But at the same time, I'm not trying to convince them of anything. But I also want to feel connected with them with who I am and who I'm becoming. Um, but there's still parts of me that is like, still has, I don't want to say like an old version of myself, but it's like, I'm still into sports. But I, I still love sports. And so it's like, I connect with my brother and that's. So it's, it's like, you are not Kyle anymore from the inside, but you still want to stay Kyle in a way. I think if that's, if I have to define it that way, but you stay like, I want to be connected to them. But still, I want to be detached a bit to what I, I am, you know, like insidely without the Kyle, because Kyle is not going to stay permanent. But what will after stay beyond when I go from this world or the swarms or whatever you like call it is something that you want to, you know. But have you tried to like get back to that experience? Because I think that experience must have been pretty profound. And uh, I've, I've known people that when they have such kind of profound experience of any kind, like awakening or any kind of a vision or like what do you call that a lucid out of body sorry experience they try to get back to it because it was so great for some people it's really great so they really want to get back to it and stay in that state because it is a state i, I always say that it is a state not any kind of a revelation of light no it is a state that you go into and that you want to stay in right for permanent see that's what people are trying to achieve in that's what's mean by enlightenment that I finally achieved that state. Not like, oh, I saw something. No, it is just achieving that state now. So did you try to get back? Um, when I first had it, I started to teach my or learn certain skills that can be 
use like implemented to lucid dream to astral project so it was like i was like way into it and i did have a couple more kind of like light outer body experiences where i learned techniques of just like running the vibration running the energy through the core of my center and getting that moving and coming out um and having my awareness there and having my awareness come out of myself and interacting with um dream characters and so it's like yeah i pursued that um pretty hardcore when i was like really into it but i I kind of eased back from it. Um, when I went back to school for my other degrees, because I, I felt like I was disconnected. Um, even though I'm super passionate about this stuff, and I'm still exploring like all sorts of stuff, like shamanism, plant medicines, and just like all different stuff. I feel like the universe unfolds different aspects of this stuff when we're interested in it. You know, the the most strange thing that I always think that, you know, like, I, I, I don't tell you in a way to the, our listeners to are listening. It's like, I was like, having this thing, oh, I know everything about this internet or this, all what that exists. You know, then strangely in 2000, uh, like uh, 22 or something, well, I discovered a hidden part of the internet, like the deep web or, those kind of really hidden stuff and all kind of tools and how do you get into these tools and stuff. And it was like a complete revelation of something so big and su such a, a forum, a community that I never know existed, you know? And it was like, oh, I've been using them for like the last decade or so and now I get this to new world. It's like everyday feels, oh, I didn't even knew this new information. And it's such a, like a strange, it's like it's unfolding, like a book is opening its pages to me just for me everyday feels sometimes. But I don't feel myself like a really privileged person but i feel lucky that oh i could be part of this experience here and i could see this all unfolding like uh, seeing chat gpt maybe for example that's a funny thing i would say but maybe seeing that come out and you know maybe for you also it's like what is a scene and then in like three years from four years from now you're going to see virtual reality or something like that again a pretty experience and i think that would make dreams also more like coming to reality i could see that coming soon you know i have not sure but i've heard like tools that they could record dreams something like that i've heard some stories i don't know what's going to come but i think they're trying to achieve some kind of because as i said if you can decode that state of dreaming you could decode a lot of stuff scientifically i think it's, it's like that quantum physics it's, it's a big thing you know how do we create our own set of reality if we can create let's imagine like like the matrix if we can create our own reality in dreams so real that we can interact with it why cannot this whole world be a illusion that is that is our creation it, it's a it's a strange concept but it could be just like the matrix why cannot this everything just be an illusion that we have imagined maybe it's a strange thing that i'm saying and i don't have any external background i'm trying to support this story. this just came into my mind and i said it but i think it, it's interesting and as i said we don't know that okay neither we can in a way but what we can do is like get into it and start questioning because if you don't question, you're going to stick in a loop. And in the end, maybe you would regret that why didn't I did it when I, when I could, you know. And I think, I don't want that. No one should. If you feel like doing something, you should. Rather than, oh, thinking that I could do it tomorrow. Oh, maybe there's time. There is no time. This is the time that you should do it, I think. If you can, 
obviously. And with that, I think really good question that I think I really wanted to ask. You mentioned after your dad committed suicide, it was a traumatic time for you. Your mom remarried after some time later, so things got a little bit normal, I think. But And the childhood, it's so much trauma to handle. Even though your dad was abusive, he was still your dad and felt like uh, losing him such a... <laughs> it feels like, you know, it cannot be explained. But you lost yourself. What Something is lost permanent. You know that too. Something is lost. Even today when you're talking, something is lost of you before that time. But can you discuss the importance of pushing yourself outside of your comfort, comfort zone for personal growth? And how did you come back to the this reality. You mentioned about it, I know, in the earlier, but exactly how did you get back? Because you were just so lost. Then there was no one to guide you as well. How did you get back? And how can you push yourself out of this comfort zone? Yeah, how do I get back? Hmm. I guess just having like no choice. <laughs> it's like I exist. So it's like I gotta keep going, gotta keep living. Um and having, I mean, yes, my, my father passing, that was, that was tough, but it's like, I still had tons of people in my life who loved me. I'd had tons of support. And so it's like, that was there. Um, and getting out of one's comfort zone, I feel like the outer body experience is helping me with that. Where it is like, I don't know. It's like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Like, it just like, so it's like, we feel uncomfortable doing certain things. What is that? All right. It's a vibration in, in my body. All right. Now I have, like, I understand a little bit more about like our energy body and all this vibrational stuff and looking at myself and whatever my reality is differently. And just like exploring what that is. And it's like, I don't, I mean, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing here, but maybe I like to challenge myself. Maybe I'm like, why does that make me feel uncomfortable? I'm going to do it anyway and see what happens. Because why not? It's like, I'm not going to die. <laughs> it's like, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Gonna... I think, I think sometimes it's, it's the, it's the false fear that is holding us. I would not even call it real. It's false. The fear that well, if I do this, this is going to happen. You're already making assumption about the outcome. And that is the problem that people have today. They've already assumed stuff like, okay, if I say something to this someone, he's going to react like this. And then we don't say it. Or even if we say it, we say it differently. So he doesn't, he reacts in a certain way. Well, one thing that you should know, how he's going to react is no matter what you say, he's going to react in what he wants to react. You can only say what you want to say. Focus on that. But no, people always focus on the result rather than the thing that they do. If if uh, Steve Jobs focused on like making the sales go up rather than making the product win, would Apple be successful? Obviously not. He focused on making the product great. Then he said, oh, I would then do the marketing. I have to do make the product great. Make the phone great, right? But people are always looking for the results. Oh, I need the money first. Then I'm going to do it. I see people don't want to work. They just want the money first. Then they're going to work. Then what are you going to work for? If you already have results in your hand, making no sense, right? So that's what I think people have this. And I think that has to go. It's easy to say that though, but how do we really do that? It's just, as you mentioned, just do it. What can happen? Maybe death? Yes, that, that can happen. But if you want to achieve something truly, you have to give up everything because you're not asking a cheap thing to the universe. If it's a cheap thing, then maybe, yeah, but if you're asking for something really great, be ready to pay its price. 
Nothing comes for free. Nothing is free in this world. So you are going to pay something. Maybe your time. Maybe, maybe your whatever like prestige, that false ego that you have that I'm such such person that you have to go down to that level to be that achieve something, you know, maybe be someone that you don't want to be, but maybe yeah, for that good purpose that you think, oh, it's higher than being me, you know, I think I really need to do this, something that is like that, you know. I remember this great thing, I think it's like when Steve Jobs discovered he had cancer, right? She said this quote that now I have all the money, but these doctors are incapable un of doing anything. And what's this money that I made? I wasted my whole life for this money, this greatness. What I got? Nothing. These doctors cannot save me. All that money is now going to go with my, not going to go me with my grave or some afterlife. It's just done. So, you know, he was just dev devastated of it. And he didn't know what to do. So, as you see, it's just that in the end, I think nothing is going to come with us. But what are we going to leave behind is the thing that we should think. I'm going to go and one day that I should not be worried about because it's going to happen with everybody. No, it or not. But what are we going to leave behind? Significantly, some some kind of a thing that people would remember about me. Oh, he was a nice person. Oh, no, he did something greater for humanity or for some of his, some of his people. Maybe his community. That would be great too. But doing something that you wanted to do. That's the main purpose, that you wanted to do it, and you did it, right? You wanted to do the painting, you did it. You wanted to do the series, you did it. You didn't hesitate. That was the main part. There's still and, hesitations where it's like, um, and I've, I believe it just, like, now when I have, like, an idea to do something and I get excited about it, it just, like, I just, like, hold that where it's like, that's my foundation instantaneously. Yeah. Like I have an idea. Oh, that sounds like a cool thing to do. Rather than worrying about all the obstacles that come with it. And that's, I feel like that's all internal stuff where it's like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Or it's like, what if this is bad and all this? I just come back to that initial idea and being excited about it. It's like, I have to do it. It's like, it's like, I got to do it. It's, it's like, <laughs> and I feel like, and I'll speak for myself where it's like taking life seriously and trying, like trying to figure things out. Like, how does this all work? Like, who am I? And how is this all interconnected? What are all these like mystical realms that we explore? It's like that stuff can feel very like heavy and serious. And it's like, I love it. Like that stuff's so cool and interesting. But then there's a part of me that says like, all right, let's just like be childlike for a little bit. Let's just, let's, let's play. And I feel like that's when I start to get more excited with my creativity. It's like, Oh, I'm just going to be a kid again. And like draw these paintings and, you know, let's do just, just play and do stuff. And like, let's do these interviews. It's like, yeah, it's like, I've, felt nervous i still feel nervous doing this stuff like talking about it because i don't know what's gonna come and like what if i say the wrong thing what if it doesn't make sense but it just like then i come into like you know let's just have like a fun conversation and see where it goes and having that relationship with myself i feel like has been helpful where just like 
sure would get nervous about like the anticipation of whatever we're about to do or whatever we're going to create, but it's like, huh, let's just be playful. Let's just be kids and like enjoy it. You know, yeah, I think it makes sense if we asked that the, the second time, but but I would say it, it, it makes sense. But, you know, in your mind, I have my last two questions, but in, in your mind that what is your purpose that you are trying to do right now for you? Like, what's in your mind that what you want to find out? Like, you said you have that experience and that's a lot of revelation already to take in. I think so you think about it sometimes, but what else do you want to achieve in that spiritual journey of yours? Yeah, physically you can do a good job, get a higher post or what whatnot. That's not a ask. It's not a big stuff. But in a spiritual journey, what you want to achieve? What's in your mind that what I still want? Because you said you're still researching and trying to know all this, trying to get more deep into it. But where do you want to go exactly? What's in your mind? Because everybody has a certain yeah. goal. What and right now I feel like I'm more connected with myself and with what I'm thinking and feeling being very mindful of like what's going on for myself internally. And I'm just like making mental markers of like what I'm thinking about now. So when it manifests, I could be like, I could fully embody and talk about like, all right, I was totally thinking about this stuff at this point in my life. And now here it is where I could talk about it confidently. So I would like to be able to help people become connected with themselves, start to think about what they want for themselves. It could be materialistic. It could be self-growth. It could be, it could be all sorts of things, but it's being mindful of what we're thinking about, what we're feeling, like what our energy is internally and connecting with that where it's like, I'm doing that for myself or I'm attempting to do that for myself so I could speak about it confidently. And I want to be able to have other people do that as well. Because that I feel like would be so satisfying to hear stories of people saying like, oh yeah, this is what I've been thinking about in my life. Like I'm connected with myself internally. This is what I want for myself. It's like, all right, we're recognizing that this is what we want right now. We're recognizing what this moment is and it's steeping within us. And so when it comes and it's your reality, we could take that all together and be like, all right, this is how things work kind of. So we don't have to know exactly how things work, but where of this moment of what we're thinking and now it's here. So it's like my purpose, I feel like right now, I mean, we could have, I feel like I could say all sorts of things like my purpose is just to exist or my purpose is to love myself or my purpose is to create this or my purpose is to be a certain way for my nieces so they could see a different way of living. It's like, I feel like, oh my God, I don't know what tech it is, but it's like right now for myself, I just want to connect with myself and create things and hopefully help other people do the same. You know, make make them inspire or push them into their own journey i think but you know someone who is having the questions just like you you know who am i what is this world what is beyond this and life is just okay it's a short journey that i'm here doing but what is beyond this permanent uh, like temporary journey what is the beyond journey that you know they have these questions and they're trying to get into it you know it happens when the mind starts or the awareness. I would not even call it the mind because mind is false. 
but then the consciousness like the awareness starts to question it why this from inner you know what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their own spiritual journey i don't want to give any advice my advice is to stay connected within yourself trust yourself um and me saying this it's it's mainly advice for myself it's it's very paradoxical i believe where it's like <laughs> it's like i feel like the best advice i could give someone would be the advice that i would give myself and then they could take that however they want to <laughs> where it's like i don't want to tell because i i feel like we all i mean this is so cliche but i believe it that we all have the answers within ourselves um so i feel like the question would be me helping people have a smoother journey and it's like maybe they don't want a smoother journey it's like maybe there's a part of them where they get some sort of growth with having a bumpy journey maybe there's something to that where just like so if you maybe you know could time travel and really meet your 10 year old version at that time and this all was really starting to unfold what would you tell him i was just i heard a couple of days ago so it's cool that you asked this that who we are now as adults is the parent that we needed when we were children and i started to think like i started to imagine and i've done like the inner child work where it's like i laid on the couch and had a conversation with that inner child and tried to be the adult where it's like i still feel like i'm a big kid inside so it's just like to be the adult it, it's kind of awkward but yeah so what would i maybe that's why i wasn't super stressed when i was younger even though what like i did have traumatic experiences like i've maybe i had this like unconscious knowing that everything would work out so it's like all the things i was striving to or feeling like i needed to get to like having a house having a partner having like a a career and all this stuff that comes along in our society of like how like as a child and like growing up as a teenager like how is that going to happen like how can i do that how is that going to work it just like it just like it happens I don't know. I just like not to worry about how things are going to happen, but just know that they are if we stay focused on it. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. So, actually, like it's just like you know, it's interesting. Like when we look back, think about ourselves ten years from now. Like I, I, I remember I was looking through my Twitter feed, uh, like when I was a. Uh, when I when I had was child, I had a Twitter account. So I started tweeting that time. I used to tweet stupid stuff, you know. Like if I tell, after tell the listeners, like I used to tweet in the morning, "Good morning" with a picture of nature. <laughs> and at one time, what I did is like I had a like a copy, you know, those the copy that you can write stuff in, and in the back of it there was an image of a sunrise. So I clicked that photo and tweeted good, good morning. I remember that. <laughs> and when I was looking through that, when I was these days, I was like, oh man, what do I was like that time? So, you know, we used to do childish stuff that, you know, sometimes we kind of feel embarrassed that that's, I, that I said that. I, I, don't, I don't believe you. You know, I've, I've seen people denying what they said when they were a child. And I think 
having that conversation with your inner child and with yourself. Meditation does that. It's just a conversation with self and to get yourself known. Because the truth is that in today's modern world, half of the people don't know themselves. They don't. They cannot know that this feeling, why is it coming? That's why they're so confused all the time. They say, oh, I'm having this anger or I'm having this lust. But why is it coming? Why is it problem me so much it's you that you're talking about it's not like any external object it's you then you don't know yourself that means that's why you're so worried about it and and they try to go to these therapists and these other external people to solve their problems to solve their inner problem they have to go to external i think it's not i'm not saying that they're bad no it it could help them to open up but Essentially, what they, the therapists do is to make you aware of your own feelings so you could heal yourself. The doctors, the medicines don't do anything. It just helps you. Like biology, our body is like, our body can heal anything ourselves, you know, in biology. What the medicine and what everything is does is just speeds up or helps us in that process. It's just we who do our healing, right? And I, that's what I think. And that's why I think we need to have this conversation with ourselves. You know, in some time, not just for spirituality. That's, that's that's another thing. Like for anything in life, I think you know, doing any kind of work, doing you know, because we are always so restless. We cannot even sit two minutes without moving our legs. We're so restless, and I think it's a problem. You know, but people think it's normal. That's the problem. They've made it normal. You know, it's okay to be like this. Maybe it is, if you're happy. If you're happy. But if you're not, but if you're not happy, then it's a problem. Then you cannot be normal, you know. And that's what I I think. So, also uh, when we're talking about your shadow lore series and all that, you have a website, right? Which I was looking through. So, could you tell us what uh, what people can if they want to know more about you, what they can find in that website? And uh, you mentioned about the hair, selling those stuff. So. What could people get from that and what is the pricing and everything? Can you talk a little bit about that? Not too much, but a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I to create a website was uncomfortable for me, but it was me getting out of my comfort zone and I wanted a space basically for myself, for all the creative ideas that I planned on accomplishment, uh, accomplishing and just bringing it all together. Just like have it all there in a very organized way because I feel like my creative things that come to me like kind of all over the place um but yeah i have a couple of things i got a bunch of things on there so i have an audiobook i don't know if any of your listeners are interested in american fantasy football <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but if if anyone's interested in in fantasy football fantasy sports and are into meditation, spirituality, then that's a quick listen, super cheap. Um, I have my manifestation cards. Um, it's a physical product of cards, comes with an instruction booklet for manifesting, and it comes with free check-ins with me. I haven't figured out the details yet, but if it's like an intense experience for someone, we could figure out ways where we could connect and talk about like what's going on for the person. That's one of the free service that you offer, free check-ins. Yep. Yeah, that's just because that the experience was intense for me and I wish I had someone to to bounce it off, but that's what I have my paintings and I have some other services, uh, healing services like life coaching or uh, Reiki 
or cord cuttings. So if anyone's interested in any of that stuff, feel free to reach out to me. And if they'd like to talk to you, just like a conversation. Yeah, we could do a consultation. Just touch all the information's on the website, the KL Energy. Drop that on the show, show notes, I think. And if people are interested, they could obviously uh, look it up and, you know, be nice. Now that's overwhelming. And if they think, because I think spirituality is something to be taken lightly. First of all, I think what the problem with today's society, I think these so-called priests, because they're really cunning, I think. The so-called priests and these gurus have made spirituality something really advanced, really out out of reach, like it's something really far away. Well, it's something too close, something within us, and something absolutely simple. Because truth is simple. Truth is never complex. Truth can never be complex. If truth was complex, it would never be truth. Every scientific concept, why people consider Einstein great, because he made those advanced concepts really simple. In a way, that's what people want to know. Equals MC2. So it's not really hard to, you know, but that's what we need to do. Simplify. And I think it's not a really hard thing. We need to take it really playfully. Be like a kid, you know, take these, take meditation as a, as a, like playfulness, nothing serious. Meditation is not a serious. Just do whenever you feel like it. Just do whenever you want to do. And do it with happiness, not with depression. Because people, the world is filled with those dead bodies of walking dead bodies we don't want that the world is tired of that the existence is tired of that they want happy bodies who are energetic who want to know the truth and also spread love so come with happiness and take happiness because yeah you can come with depression and heal yourself too but try to come with a happy smile don't think about those traumas and those when you're meditating don't don't worry about them it's, it's a past thing think about right now how you want to feel right now what you want to feel Think about that and then try to work on it, you know. Nothing really hard. I can try to make it simple and listen to good stuff, be in the influence of good people, you know. Maybe listening to this podcast is another good thing that you can do. <laughs> I think that would be another good thing that you could do. But would you like to add something? Yeah, just piggyback on what you said, like what we consume, because like if it comes off, whether it's entertainment the people were around. And again, it goes back to just like that in invisible energy. I'm sure there are some like um, very intuitive and spiritual people who can see like auras and, and this stuff. Um, so it's like that energy field that's all around us and affecting our inner being and kind of moving towards things that feel good and being around people that feel good and Set in, like you said, like set that intention of how we want to feel for ourselves and recognizing what we're saying, like, and then watching it blossom. So we could recognize, I don't want to use the word power, but the empowerment of saying, like, oh, I want to feel this way for myself. Yeah. And then watch it blossom. Like, oh, I could do this for myself. Where it's like this external stuff. It doesn't have to affect me. It's like I have the ability to say it for myself and let it turn into the reality of, of truth. Meditation is a process to kill your mind. But the term I mean is like completely make it silent because mind is racing 24-7. That racing has to be turned off. So 
when you turn it back on, now it goes to the right frequency that it has to go. So now the thoughts which come are clear, more visible, and you're not confused that, oh, people are like, you know, these days sitting and thinking, I don't know what to do, man. I'm lost. Where should I go? What should I do? You know, and this because of the, so much fog in our mind, some kind of disbalance or we're in a wrong frequency. Or we feel we are doing right, but then we still don't feel right. You're doing something, but still you don't feel, no, no, I'm not liking this, you know. Why? Because there's no passion. What is our passion is to discover, for discovering that is to meditate and to be with ourselves. Take some time with ourselves. And I by that, I don't mean, by that, I never mean that disconnect with people. It just means 24 hours there are in, in, in the day. Can you not take even 10 minutes for yourself? Then what is that money for? And what is that all the things that you're really working for? If you cannot take 10 minutes to just be yourself, do anything, just anything. Maybe go for a walk. If you have a dog, play with him. Or if you just want to take a nap. Or if you want to write something, journal maybe. It's a good thing to have a journal. So maybe do that. Anything. But people like scrolling social media. That's what they like. And through that, they don't get anything. And all that they get is negativity most of the time. Half the time, it's negativity. Maybe sometimes you've got something positive too. But most of the time, it's negative that we are scrolling and consuming. And some 24-7, our mind is focused on that negativity. I see people are so negative. You know, I've seen people who had traumatic childhood, okay? When they grow up, you know, uh, Kyle, they have a, such a negative approach to life. They feel everything is so negative. You have such a positive approach to it, which is something great. Because I have no people who have really traumatic childhood. They look at everything with such a depressed state because of their own childhood, you know, but you don't have that. You came to a happiness state. It sometimes still might not be easy for you. Maybe, as you said, it's hard to talk about it, but you still have the courage, right? And you did it. That's what matters. You did it. And I'm proud of you. <laughs> if I have to say, <laughs> that's, I think, our listeners also. And I think the story really inspires uh, inspires people. And I think it kind of helps you to talk about it, kind of maybe expand your perspective. Yeah. Oh, I mean... Hopefully, like your listeners get something out of this, but I feel like you and I talking, we're having this experience together. And ultimately, it's like, I'm getting something out of this. I'm getting uh, something out of talking about anything, like talking about myself and my inner world. And it's like, what am I getting out of this? And I encourage people to kind of explore themselves and allow themselves to express their authentic self where there's just so much like lightness that comes with being our authentic self. And we don't need to know what that even is. Um, because then I feel like that's when we get up in our heads of, oh, what is my authentic self? But it's like experiencing life, doing things, um, and allowing all emotions to come. It's like, yeah, I, I try to look at life as the glass is half full, but it's like, I'm human. Doesn't mean like I, I still get upset about things. Um, still get upset with external situations, but like, I feel like 80% of the time I'm pretty positive, or it's like, I don't get upset with other people because everyone's going through stuff. 
So it's like, I don't take things personally. I think that's the most important thing is to not take things personally because then we lose the relationship we have with ourselves if we're letting someone else affect us. Yeah, I think I think it, it, it's okay, but but know how much you're giving the space to the person too. Like how much you're letting, because it's your wrong, right? How much you're giving that trust or how much you are letting him influence. So be a, be aware of that, you know, because as I mentioned, being surrounded by people that you know for a long time, you could become like them. Maybe take something. You know, I know, I know like you work with this colleague for like, you know, you do a professional job. So it's like you work for them five years, six years. You take out of him something. Or you make a perception. You know, that person is like lazy all the time doing. <laughs> it's like it's like that. I think that's also something we take and we learn. Or sometimes you see that person in your company. What a man. Always on time. Doing the work on time. Like I want to be like him, you know. So somewhere that's the positive person. Yeah. And then there's this person who's always lazy, doing nothing, but still he's in the job. That means he, he's not fired. That means he's still doing it. But this person is working all his ass off to, you know, <laughs> to get promotion or whatnot. So I think that's something. And that's why I think everything start to observe, first of all, because you're always trying to live it, trying to observe. You, you've tried living it forever, right? Try to observe now. Try to think if, oh, if I'm not here, I'm looking from like a third prospect, like a drone view. How would life feel? Just for a moment, think you're sitting and look around. How how does life feel? Is it strange? Or is it is it really good? Or is it depressing? It's making you vomit. Like, I don't want to live it. If it's making you do vomiting and like, I don't want to live it. It's just making you depressed. Then you need to start this journey you have to because if you cannot love life i think kyle you can never be happy in any heaven or any other external realms it's absolutely not possible if you're not happy in the life itself life is suffering that's for sure in a way but it is still beautiful but it's suffering it's suffering is a good sweet part of it because if there would be no suffering what would we fight for what would we actually do if there's no suffering our inner demons that we want to achieve, conquer this fear, this anything. That's what makes life life. That's why it's life. But people say, well, everything should be picture perfect. In heaven, everything's picture. That's why we imagine about because it's everything's picture perfect there. That's strange, right? But it is. That's why we need to start living this present moment, right? Rather than thinking about some external heaven, this crap all that people have, you know, that way. So, Thank you so much for joining us today on the show, uh, Kyle. Your insights were incredibly valuable and we really appreciate you taking the time to share your expertise and your story and journey with our listeners. And thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Thank you so much, Mitalish. This has been a lot of fun. It's, it's always fun exploring these topics and exploring ourselves. And yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for the space. Thank you for tuning into Spirituality with the Twist today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and gained some valuable insights from it. As we wrap up, remember that spirituality and philosophy and science are not separate entities, but rather interconnected aspects of our search for deeper understanding. Keep questioning, keep exploring, and always trust your inner wisdom. And if you would like to support the show and buy me a coffee, you can find the link in the show notes. And also, 
Don't forget to connect with me on my social media. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter where I share reels and behind the scenes content from the podcast. And I love to hear your thoughts and feedback on today's episode. And if you hadn't already, be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And you can also watch the conversation with the video version on our YouTube channel. So once again, thanks for joining us today. And remember to keep seeking the truth wherever it may lead you. See you next time.